back to the Trees and Nylon podcast, your one-stop shop for everything GORP. I'm your host, Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees and Nylon, Trees, Nylon, wherever you want, as long as it's not my real name. And I'm joined today by the founder of your favorite account's favorite brand, the man who's seemingly pulled his entire color palette out of my mind. It is Ted Lloyd of Meloclow. How are you doing today? I'm really good, thank you, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for coming on. No worries, no worries. Well, for anyone who doesn't know, the Trees and Nylon podcast is all about trees and also nylon uh, going through a past, present, and future relation with both of those topics. So right at the top, Ted, the question is, trees or nylon? We'll keep it. We'll keep it in order. So we'll start with trees. All right. Very good. Very good. Starting with trees. Um, so tell we can we will jump into uh, the brand and all that probably when we get to nylon. I would assume that fits pretty yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. we can just start. I mean, again, you've listened to a few episodes. You told me so. You know, we can get off topic a little bit. So if we do stray, yeah. don't feel too bad. But uh, tell me a little bit about how your connection with the outdoors started. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, to be fair, so I'm originally from near Liverpool. Um, yeah, I'm from near Liverpool, like on the coast kind of. So I, in fact, I'm right on the coast. So I live like two minutes, three minutes from the beach. So like as a kid growing up, I spent a lot of time like walking down the beach on like fields next to the beach. Like yeah, I don't live specifically in Liverpool, um, but it's just on the outskirts and there's a lot of like countryside and stuff where I am. So I'd say I did grow up kind of like remotely in like nature and stuff, but it's not to the extent like I didn't come from like the Lake District or like Snowdonia or anything like that. But um, there was still mm-hmm. like a lot of countryside, a lot of coastal area and stuff. So yeah, I spent a lot of time in nature. Um, whether that actually had any like input as to whether like my interest now, I'm not too sure, but I think like it's definitely, I'd say it's definitely given some sort of influence on the on the whole thing. But yeah, and then, uh, I'm so I live in Manchester now and I moved to Manchester like three years ago, four years ago for uni- for university now. Um, and then obviously the Peak District right next to uh, yeah. Manchester, which is like one of the biggest areas for walking and stuff in in England. Um, so yeah, I think it all kind of kind of came from that really, like visiting the Peak District and stuff, and then just realizing that I enjoy being out in nature and taking yourself outside the city, giving yourself some headspace, mm-hmm. that sort of kind of thing, really. So uh, for a lot of people, they got super into hiking and stuff during quarantine lockdown that whole jazz yeah um, yeah yeah do you would you say it started before that your whole going outside um, nah it probably did it probably started <laughs> in lockdown to be honest um I spent my um the first kind of like heavy lockdown that we had which was like the summer of was it 2020 so was it summer tw- it was summer 2020, yeah, 2020. Wasn't it, I think yeah um me and my friends just spent every day like biking like ground by ours just like by like on the coast in like fields awesome. like uh, just like every day it was so good like we were all just like on furlough like we were all just like cycling every day like going to fields like just chilling and just like yeah that was that was my day-to-day life I, I miss it to be honest but um yeah so we spent a lot of time in nature, like surrounded in nature back then um just like in fields just all day just like messing about and stuff but um that was probably like my first kind of like bit of being in nature like being exposed to it like every day um and then moving back to Manchester around September time, I think in that it was quite a strict lockdown to the point where you couldn't even really, you weren't even allowed to like use public transport or anything. So mm. I think there was a few times where we got the train to the Peak District and stuff um, and started walking around. But I think that's when I first realized like, oh yeah, I actually really, I'm really into this. Like I really enjoy doing this. 
And um, funnily enough, that's kind of around the same time when the brand's kind of... Um, so the brand's been around for about two and a half years, but I only actually rebranded it as like an outdoors brand about mm. a year ago. And okay. um, as I started getting into this outdoors thing, funnily enough, now I think about it, it all kind of like came at the same time. Like my interest with the outdoors kind of was at the same time as the rebranding of the of Melloclo, really. Yeah. Also, Blumenau. All just like unconscious moving towards the outdoors more. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very cool. How far is the Peak District from Manchester by city or by train? Yeah, so uh, by train, you can get to Edale in about an hour, I think, um, from Piccadilly, which is like the main line in the city. Uh, so it's mm. not far at all. I'm lucky enough to have a car at the moment, so I've been going a lot uh, recently. Mm. Um, How far yeah. is it by car? By car. if you, So I went to Glossop on Sunday, and that's literally like 45 minutes. So you can get this. Wow. So I'm and I'm like like very central Manchester um, city mm-hmm. centre. So yeah, you can get to the Peach District in about 45 minutes if you've got a car. Uh, depends wow. where you go though. Like if you go further south towards Buxton, it can get like can get a bit longer and stuff. Or if you want to go on the east side of the Peach District towards Sheffield, then you can be like two two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm saying all these names, but you're just I'm I looking at your American. So, yeah. oh, I always do. Okay, okay, I always okay. do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um yeah it's really it's really accessible the peak district i think that's why it's such a good thing for for manchester really it's like an easy way to get out of the city yeah would you say that it's like well i guess it's a two-part question um the first mm-hmm. is did you go there a lot pre-lockdown no okay so Not at all. maybe I, so pre pre-lockdown i was kind of in like my first year of university and like uh-huh. i think yeah, I was just, like, just yeah. Yeah, I was just being a student. I was just drinking every night and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah, I was not going out hiking and stuff. Um, and then like the second year, again, just doing the same thing. And then yeah, it was really like lockdown where it all kind of like uh, triggered it all. Really, yeah. Okay, cool. So my second question was going to be: Have you seen a change in like attendance in the Peak District? Like people walking around? Is it like super crowded? Just normally, like if you if you were to go on a weekend. Yeah, the trails like pretty heavily trafficked or what's, what's yeah this, what's i think they thing? are if the weather's good i mean it was quite mm-hmm. quiet when we went the other day because the fog was like super heavy but um mm-hmm. yeah a lot of the car parks if you don't if you go to like a smaller place with a where like a more remote kind of place if you're not there really like the car park will be like full like oh wow pretty quick on yeah yeah, yeah. and then mm-hmm. obviously with the train situation is the ones uh, certain places like edale because they're accessible by train there's more more people mm-hmm. there whereas like the ones sense. where it's just car yeah. You know, only if you can only go if you've got a car and stuff. So, yeah. Hmm. And does it cost money to get into the parks or is it like a park pass or is it just free? Um, yeah, to, to park sometimes. Um, there was one I went a couple of weeks ago and you didn't actually have to pay. But then if that one was full, you had to go up the road to a farmer's land and you got to pay like £10. So, yeah, so I think some of them you have to pay, but they're, they're pretty easy to pay. You can like pay on your phone for them and the, major- the majority and stuff, I think. No, some are still like cash only and that, but. Yeah. yeah it's pretty pretty accessible in the uh united states i don't know if you've been to any national parks here but almost I haven't, every single, no, I haven't. okay almost every single park is like pay to enter so yeah they have like a big gate and like a toll basically to, to oh wait do you mean to actually like not for parking, park just to actually go into the national oh no we don't yeah. pay at all not you, you wouldn't pay at all in any national park i don't think in the uk <laughs> maybe some but not in the peak district yeah. definitely not well then i'll say that also so 
the the one that's closest to me if you want to pull up a map the uh smoky mountain okay. national park that is this the one is... we did the mellow expeditions uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah that's um that's free to enter and that's like the bit one of the busiest parks because it is free to enter um but okay. most every other park it's like 10 to 20 dollars a day for really uh to to be in the park yeah or you can buy like well, a day pass you can buy a week pass so you can buy it's like 80 bucks to have yeah, a year round really? for any park yeah that's great what so there's like specific gates you have to go through and stuff to get into them yeah so each each there's like a few entrances to each park and i'm looking at the peak district just like looking at the uh all the roads that go into it in the smokies there's like three entrances to the whole park yeah which is pretty wild just, That's just i can't even count how many there are like cutting in through this on uh yeah i didn't i did not even yeah. know that was a thing that's crazy that i didn't just yeah. because it's like national national reserve nature i just didn't think that would be like i can understand car parks but yeah, yeah that's that's crazy the car parks are free every it's free to park there but you got oh, really? to actually get in and that's you know it's just like it goes to pay for preserving it and paying the people that work there and stuff like that yeah so, oh yeah okay i suppose that does make sense yeah yeah and also this is something i have not touched on but do you have like lodging and stuff in your national parks like big lodges or hotels or anything uh not in the peak district um i think there is some sort of stuff there's i think in the lake district there's some sort of stuff like that but i don't know if there's too much but um there's loads of like are you talking about kind of like hostels and hotels and like where multiple Um, people would stay or it's either for for here it's either like it's usually old lodges that are just like built in scenic areas like in yellowstone they have like the yellowstone Mm -hmm. lodge by like old faithful and all that um yeah it's like government type accommodations, but like they're very, they're very pretty. They either have that um, or they have like campgrounds also, just like massive campgrounds with like 50 or 80 lots on them. Oh, uh, right. Okay. No. Well, me and my friends, we went to the Lake District for a weekend uh, the summer and mm-hmm. we like hired out a cottage for the week. Um, okay. To be fair, it, was, it was so nice. So that was my first time properly going to the Lake District. I think I'd been mm-hmm. when I was younger, but I don't really remember it. But um, that was my first time like, go in the lake district for like a week and we hide out this like really yeah. nice cottage um like near i can't remember where it was near now but it was like very very central lake district and um mm-hmm. yeah we just had the best time just a week just like walking rounds just like going to like different lakes every day yeah that was that was great so there's loads of like airbnb options and stuff where you can oh, like cool. go to like um different places and that yeah it sounds like with your you're describing of like farmer land and like paying and all that it seems a little bit more like private almost where all the national parks in america are pretty much like government owned you pay a fee to get in and then you're kind of just in but for years it's like yeah it seems like there's more options like airbnb yeah well, especially when i was in the lake district as well there was no sort of like paying to to do any sort of stuff like yeah interesting i mean obviously there's stuff there like in the lakes that you can hire boats and stuff and there's like there is like money to to spend and stuff but yeah not to just walk around in nature not really no interesting very interesting that's just a little little difference Mm. um well you've kind of touched on a little bit what you're doing now what's your like what's your schedule like for getting out in nature um so my new year's resolution is to try and get out like every two or three weeks into mainly the peak district just because it's easy to get to yeah um and then yeah just try just try and get out more this year that's that's my main goal really um mm-hmm. just try and really like experience it all 
Um, I think me and my friends are already thinking about possibly hiring a, another cottage in the Lake District this summer again. Very nice. Um, and then at some point, maybe not, I don't know if I do it this year, but at some point I would really like to go to Scotland um, and see some stuff in Scotland. I've heard really good stuff and I've seen really good stuff about Scotland. Um, I want to hear good things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very good things. Yeah, I'd yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to go to Scotland at some point. Very nice, very nice. Um, you kind of touched on already the uh, the future. You want to go to Scotland? Is there any like Grail hiker, Grail city, state, country, province, yeah. <laughs> anything that you'd like um, to go to in the future? That I can think of off the top of my head. Do you know what? It's not. It's not really a grail, but it's something like realistic that I'm that I would probably do in the near future. Is I still, mm-hmm. I live where I live is like near North Wales, so I really want to go to. I still haven't been to Snowdonia. Like, um, oh. it's not too close to Manchester, but where I'm from originally, it's quite close, mm-hmm. and I've just never been. So I'd really like to go to Snowdonia at some point soon. My friend goes like nearly like every weekend, and all the photos I see of it, it looks it looks so nice. So yeah, I'd really like to go to Snowdonia at some point soon. Very nice. Keeping it local. I like it. <laughs> yeah, keep it local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it realistic because you never know when we'll be able to travel again. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, well, if, do you have anything else to say about, about trees or anything? Sounds like we covered everything pretty quick. Um, <laughs> not that nah, not that I can think of at the top of my head, really. Um awesome. I just I just like with Manchester the way you've got like the city center, and then obviously everyone wears like this sort of like outdoor go up core gear. And then oh, really? Only like yeah, I'd say it's quite. I'd say it's quite a big thing uh, in Manchester, especially mm. like um, we've got a few like outdoors. I mean, we've got like specified outdoor shops which sell like you know like North Face, Berghaus, Rab. But then you have yeah. got more like curated, some more curated stores as well. Um, like you've got Yard Store and so I know we're going more onto clothing now, but no, it might fine. be a nice transition. We're, we're but, seamlessly um, transitioning. Yeah, into, uh, yeah. Into um, there's there's two really good stores that I can think off the top of my. In fact, three. So there's Oi Poloi. Um, which kind of focuses on outdoor gear, but focuses more on some kind of like uh, casual heritage kind of stuff as well. And then there's Yard Store as well, which sells stuff like Am Wonder. Um, mm. What else do they sell? They've got like Big Solomon. <laughs> yeah, they've got some really nice stuff in there. Um, and then there's this thing of ours as well, which I think someone has someone previously mentioned this thing of ours on the podcast before. Oh, this thing of ours. It's uh, like yes, very, yes, very niche, like, uh, like Japanese has. outdoor kind of brands. Uh, Seth Footman, yeah, but the first guest, he mentioned it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that yeah. his um his showroom slash shop is based in Manchester. Oh, okay. Um, So I've been up there a few times. The guy's really nice who works there as well. And um, I bought a coat from there a while ago, actually. Uh, yeah, it's re- he's got some really good brands in there. A lot of brands that, like, he's getting in before a lot of, like, mainstream retailers. And then they seem to, like, hop onto it, like, a year or so later. So yeah, I think he's got he's got some really good accounts like that. Ahead of the curve a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's pretty cool. That's very cool to see. Mm-hmm. We have literally nothing here like that. I am in really I've I, I like to call it a fashion desert. There's just nothing. <laughs> I've got yeah. uh like a couple boutique shops that sell like yeah. Gucci and like Alexander McQueen. Right, uh, okay. Vape. <laughs> That's about yeah. it as far as those nothing you're into go. them. Yeah, no, there's I mean, it was stuff I was I wasn't to, but like even then, there's no like there's no Uniqlo, which I think is a sign yeah. that you like have good fashion in your city or not. Is if there's yeah, 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 one hundred percent. There's, just, there's yeah. no Uniqlo. There's no 
I mean, bigger. There's no Supreme store. There's no like flagship stores in Atlanta at all mm-hmm. for anything except for like, no, I don't think there is a flagship store. Just like super store. commercial kind of stuff. Is that? that yeah, it? it's just like there's Gucci's and there's Louis Vuittons, just like there is like in any city, but like that's boring, honestly. That's <laughs> just not, mm-hmm. that's not yeah. cool. You know, I want to see like a Stone Island flagship or like, yeah, even yeah, a Stone yeah. Island store rather than just like having six jackets out in like a Phipps Plaza type place or like a Saks mm-hmm. Fifth. It's just like, it's not the same, you know? It's not the same. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel you to be fair. Where I'm from originally is like, so th- there's some good stuff in Liverpool now, uh, but from mm-hmm. where I'm from, which is called the Wirral actually, there's like nothing there. But it's only, it's only a small region, but there's, mm-hmm. yeah, the, it's so dry. There's nothing there like at all um but then there's some good stuff in liverpool now um there's outsider store which i don't yeah. know if you heard of outsider store before i have yes i've heard i've heard um, a lot of these things Just, I yeah, keep, yeah I outside, keep outside and store I keep is great <laughs> and then there's there's seven store as well which stock um some outdoor brands as well like arcteryx and wonder grumichi stuff like that uh are you aware of what royal rags is yeah i am yeah yeah, yeah. okay where is their store located I, if you know I didn't actually know if they had a store or not, but I think they're. Ba- I think the guy's based in Bristol. I think, but I don't know if they actually have a store. Is, do you think it's all online? I think so. I think he does. Pop, I think he might do pop-ups, but I don't know if they actually yeah. have a store. Oh, here we go. Shop in store. Yeah, it's in Bristol. Oh, and he's got a store. Yeah, in Bristol. Oh, cool. I'm actually going up to Bristol this weekend, so I might have to. There you go. Pop in. Yeah, it's uh, convenient. In the bio. So you can just pop that. Oh yeah, I'll actually actually have to have a look at that. Yeah, (laughs) sweet. Um, Let's talk about how you got into clothing. Let's talk about uh, the famous question, Supreme or Palace, that I always ask in the show. Which one did you enjoy first? I'm Uh, I'm pro Palace, pro Palace all the way. Yeah, yeah. Palace was always my favorite of the Supreme. (laughs) I think it's because it had that like British feel to it. Yeah. From like, obviously it's a British brand, but like, Mm. um, yeah, just, I was just always like, always more Palace. Um, I still used to buy like some bits from Supreme and stuff, but like, I was more of a Palace guy myself, really. Interesting. Um, Was there like a first fit or anything that you saw that made you get into clothing or was it just kind of like a um everyone else was well to be it. fair like i know this is going to contradict myself but it was uh-huh. it was probably supreme that really got me into it all <laughs> i remember there was like me and one friend and we must have been like i don't even know like 14 or 15 and we used to just like look at like what was coming out like that week and like we'd never buy any of it because we were so young and it was so expensive but we we're like oh that's so cool like one day we <laughs> can wear true. all that and stuff but that yeah. was yeah that was when i was probably like 14 or something um so yeah it was really it probably was like supreme that got me into it all really so yeah yeah shout I out mean, to them shout out to supreme but uh, <laughs> it definitely it had like the biggest moment in a culture you know like palace yeah. palace is still big obviously but supreme definitely had like the biggest like mainstream yeah 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 and it's just like like it actually did have a subculture like you had no like tiktok back then so there was nowhere to like <laughs> expose it like instagram wasn't even that big back then so like yeah there was no way to expose a subculture like i was having this conversation with a friend the other day like i think it's impossible for a subculture to actually exist like an underground subculture to actually exist now yeah i just think everything like just gets exposed like even the smallest nichest markets like it's just there's so many different online platforms now that like everything's just so accessible to everyone i feel like yeah how did your style evolve? Because obviously you went the palace route instead of the Supreme route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the so, I'd always, so yeah, from like probably like 15, 16 when I first started getting like a little part-time job, 
was when I first started buying. I think before I was buying Supreme, I was probably buying Stussy, I think. Um, Stussy was probably like the first kind of like streetwear brand I was buying. And then I moved on to like Palace and then it like evolved. It just kept like, just a bit like snowballing into just like different yeah, brands. Yeah, you different just kept until, more and more. Yeah, eventually um, I started um, a store, I think I briefly mentioned before called Seven Store, which was in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked there um, for like, about a year and a half and I think working there like evolved my style the most and that's probably like that's actually that will be what got me into like all like the outdoor gear and stuff because mm. I remember like when the store first opened and I remember we got in these brands and I was like oh what are these like Solomon shoes like I've not seen anything like this before like these like walking shoes like I was just like I was confused but I was also amazed by it. I was like this is like this is so different and then like we got like I'm Wonder and stuff as well and like I hadn't, I hadn't heard of I'm Wonder at this time. This must have been about like two, three years, like three years ago now. Okay. And I hadn't heard of these brands before. And I, but I was like intrigued, intrigued by it all because I was like, this is like, this isn't streetwear. This is like something new. So I think like it all kind of came from from there. Really, I think that's okay. working there is really where my style evolved because I think I was surrounded by all my friends who worked there as well, and we were just like, like bouncing brands off each other and stuff, and like le- just learning new stuff from each other, which I think is where everything really evolved from, really. Yeah, I mean, it sounds exactly like that. You just you were yeah, showing yeah, yeah. so much even before it blew up. It sounds like you're you were on it pre Gorp <laughs> explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I think like pre because I think like the whole like Gorp course scene kind of um, was like mid lockdown. I'd say is when it started to like yeah. super like become like commercial and blow up. But like yeah, yeah. I said I I very briefly started getting into it just before lockdown, and I'd say like the start of lockdown especially when I was spending so much time outdoors, you know, I was buying, I remember like buying a Patagonia fleece and stuff like, um, and like some Maharishi bits and stuff, just like, mm-hmm. because I was outdoors and I just needed some stuff that was more like convenient. Yeah, exactly. Form and function in the same. Yeah, piece. exactly. 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 Uh, the big question that I have to ask you now is Solomon or Sport- La Sportiva? Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> So I've heard I've heard that La Sportiva is better for actual like walking and trail stuff, but oh. personally, like looking from appearance wise, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have to go with Salomon. I think. I think I'd yeah, I'm quite Salomon. I'm quite a big fan of Salomon. I've got a few pairs. Um, yeah, I find them I find them super comfy as well. Yeah, what's your like walking shoe that you take on hikes and stuff? Um, so to be honest, I have been wearing like my Salomon. I've got a few pairs of XT sixes, but I've got some brown okay. ones, and I always wear them. Just because they're brown, and then, so if they get mm-hmm. dirty, I can just clean them up yeah, super quick. Just brown. Um, but then I wore some. Ho- I got some Hoka's recently. Um, I oh, think nice. they're like the Anna Kappa model. I think. Um, I'm looking at them now because they're still dirty and I need to clean them. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wore them. But they've got a super like thick midsole, and I kept going on my ankle on them. So I def. I'm. I've realized now I just need to get some um some like actual boots. But yeah, I, that's it's funny you mentioned that because I'm deciding on Salomon or Last Forty <laughs> at the moment. So. Well, yeah. I will say, as a recent convert, I just got the uh, Ultra Raptors. Obviously, I got there. Uh, I got yeah. the mid version, actually, though, not the like normal low top. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never had a mid. Uh, I've never had a mid shoe, and I've never had a mid shoe. If you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never had a mid shoe, and they they fit really well. They have like a nice material on the heel. I don't know if you're in the market for it, but it just fits mm-hmm. really well. And also, like XC6s are hard to walk in because they're so hard because they're like trail running shoes. That have, yeah, like, yeah, bottom. yeah. The Osportiva yeah. is a little bit more forgiving. And even just like 
I, I would compare them kind of to like a Supercross, if you know what that is, the Solomon Supercross, which is just like a cheaper mm-hmm. version of an XT6. Yeah. Um, that was my walking shoe, and it, it, it will continue to be because it's just like super lightweight, not expensive. It was like 40 bucks, and I can just like trash them and do whatever I want. And they're like decently waterproof. But yeah, La Sportiva for any like any serious hike, it's definitely going to be my go-to just for comfort-wise. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it because I'm actually um, looking for a pair of boots at the moment. So yeah, I'll make sure to or check it out. something more heavy, XA Pro 3D, which is also a more stylish shoe as well, obviously. But okay. the organic lab ones that I have have been uh, a daily driver for a long time. So <laughs> little humble brag. Anyways, <laughs> Um moving to what are you currently wearing now i mean we've, we've been over the footwear what are some brands obviously besides Meloclo that you uh like to rock okay yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um uniqlo is a big one uh okay. there's a uniqlo store in manchester there's only a few uniqlo stores in the uk i think there's like four in london and one in manchester i may mm-hmm. be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's all there is um so yeah i wear a lot of uniqlo um i just think the basics are so, just so good it's just so good for basics uh, so I wear a lot of Uniqlo. Um, let me have a little think. Uh, I'm a big fan of Grumichi at the moment. Okay. Um, I recently picked up a, like a Grumichi, um, like fleece cardigan. I've been wearing that a lot. Um, and fleece some Grumichi uh, G pants as well, which I think are, they've just got a really good fit to them. Um, apart from that, I wear on foot, apart from Salomon, I wear a lot of New Balance. I just find New Balance super, super comfy, especially like 990s, 992s, 993s, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got quite a few pairs of them. But apart, I'm not really, like, I think a, a lot of people seem to invest heavily in, like, one specific brand. I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty varied. I've got quite, maybe, like, one or two pieces just from, like, loads of different brands, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I picked course. up a coat from this thing of ours, which I mentioned before, um, mm. from a brand called Comfy Outdoor Garment. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Mm, I do. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the coat from there, and I've been wearing it every day, like, since. Like, it's so good. Um, what's the material of it uh i'm not actually too sure it's <laughs> like a it's just like a, it's just like a diamond stitched down coat um mm, okay but it's just like yeah it's super warm it looks great uh, it's a lovely green color as well like similar to my cuff actually so yeah i've been wearing it a lot with the, the cuff <laughs> and the coat has been a, a constant combo for the last week oh did you did you recently post that oh no that would have been a i think that might have been a uniqlo fleece uh, let me see if i've okay. got yeah, but I've been wearing it like day day in day out. It's a, it's a great coat. Um, I wear a bit of Stussy. Um, I I try to mix like my outdoor stuff with like a bit of like kind of like Stussy and stuff like that. And then I like to dress like a bit kind of like more smarter as well. Sometimes not like super mm-hmm. smart, but like uh, some Stam Rays and some like Stepney Worker Clubs or some Wallabies or something. Um, just for like when I'm you know going out for food or drinks or something. I try try to mix between the two really the two styles. Yeah. I'm partial to a pair of loafers myself. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. I mean, you got to listen. Realistically, you can't have just one style. You know. Exactly. Yeah. You can't exactly. have just you one. You got to be able to mix it up. You got to be. be able yeah, to, you've got to mix yeah. it up. Yeah. You got to have a little bit of the the date attire and also the go outside attire. They can't yeah. coexist all the time. <laughs> Some of what you're wearing nowadays. I'm trying to breeze through it so we can talk about the brand um the brand's inception and all that uh for the future what do you see yourself or what do you see the people buying wearing 
getting into all that good stuff besides mental uh, health. What do I see <laughs> the people? So um, I think the next evolution of Gorp Core is going to be Ski Core. Ski? Ski Core, yeah. Okay. I think I think ski I think ski is gonna I think ski is gonna come in like big like heavy ski jackets and um mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like I think Oakley is like gonna have like a really big like rise as well. Interesting. Obviously, I think it's like pretty it's pretty big at the moment. But I think I think Oakley mm-hmm. could be like I'm not gonna say it's gonna be the new Arcteryx, but I think it, <laughs> I think it could have like a big rise definitely. Um. Apart from that, let me let me have a little thing. I don't know. I think I think like outdoors wears here to stay around for a while because of the lifestyle that comes with it yeah so if we think yeah. back to like skatewear like i feel like like skatewear and streetwear had such a such like a long life because it had a lifestyle with it whereas i think if you think of mm-hmm. some styles that come in some like fashion styles it's just clo- it's just purely clothing there's nothing else attached to it whereas i feel yeah. like when something's got like a lifestyle attached to it it stays around for a bit longer because there's there's a deeper understanding of it absolutely yeah i mean look at like fear of god style and like the hype style, like exactly, I guess the hype yeah. style, there is kind of a lifestyle behind it of just like yeah, because like the sneakerhead kind of resale yeah. lifestyle to it. But it's that's just it's still fashion. Like if you yeah, if you think about like when a trend has got like a sport attached to it or like a a community attached to it, I think it it just la- it seems to last longer. That's my personal oh, opinion anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah, scene kids are still around, emo kids are still around, like. <laughs> it's a lifestyle you know it's a lifestyle yeah, exactly. of course just emo kids who go outside yeah <laughs> for real um cool ski core is coming up next uh i expect the the mellow close ski jacket to be releasing yeah. in a couple months okay um, okay <laughs> and we can move on to i'm gonna look for the questions and i might sprinkle in some uh if they pertain to the beginning of the brand Ah, yes. Perfect. Gore-Tex Moore wants to know, okay. what started it all, Melquil-wise? Okay, so it, so it started very similar to the time when I was um, working at Seven Store. And I think I just, I, when I was like 14, 15, I think I created, I, well, I did create my own like other clothing brand with some other guy I knew back at the time. And um, that was just like messing about. Like, it was just like a logo on a t-shirt and it just like, it was it was fun at the time like I was 15 it was exciting but like it was just you know it wasn't commercial it wouldn't sell because it was just a logo on a t-shirt so when I started Mellow Clo, I was like right well I want this to actually be like graphic designs I don't want it to just be like another brand that's just logos on a hoodie and a, on a on a t-shirt mm-hmm. so um I think at first it was just literally like just me experimenting with different different graphics and like different designs and stuff different colors like just me- just messing about I've I've archived everything like um pre like outdoors now. Pre mellow. But um yeah, yeah, yeah. But um it was just at first it was literally there was no sort of like my only art like audience that I was targeting was just streetwear. And that's such a such a vague term, you know, every, everyone yeah. likes streetwear. So yeah, I didn't have like a specific acquired audience. I was just messing about with graphics and just trying to push it out, see who liked it. So like that was like my my first collection, and then like I did like similar second collection, just messing about with graphics and then I just like kept targeting like different subcultures. I just kept doing a different collection on like different kind of like cultures. So like I did my first one on like like nineties acid house, and mm. then like after that I did one on like more like very like preppy kind of like Lacoste Fred Perry. Shot it on like a tennis court kind of thing, and then after that I did another one which was 
based around Naz's first album, Illmatic. I don't know if you're a fan of Naz at all. Um, I've heard but, of the album, but I've never listened yeah, to it. Yeah, but it was it was based around his first album, so there was like some mentions of like certain lyrics and like um yeah, it was just a play on words with his lyrics and stuff, and it was all like the shoot was very like 90s nostalgic kind of like shots supposed to be in like a bodega and stuff like that okay. um and then after that is when i did my first kind of outdoors one um mm. and i think it was because i was just so i was just trialing different things and i thought well i'll try an outdoors one because people seem to like that i really enjoy that uh, i'll just see how it goes mm. and um we went out i did the shoot with a few of my friends um i got some ideas from a, from a few friends as well of like what to do where to shoot it and stuff like that and we kind of just got the ball rolling and we went out, we shot it and I put it online and it just seems to do like super well. Like it was the first time I was actually getting attention um, mm. on the brand and stuff. And I was getting like orders from like random people. And I was just like, like, this is actually working. Like I just need to like keep this going really. Um, That's awesome. And then, yeah, we're, I'm four collections down from that now. So yeah. Wow. That was, so but that first... was about a year. That was just, just under a year ago. Yeah. I was going to say, so that first, um, that first collection was the one with like the ball guy. Yeah, shot, yeah, yeah. Marcus, shot by yeah. the water and by like the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The white white background stuff. Yeah, that was the that was the very very first uh, outdoors wow. collection. Yeah, very nice. My uh, my buddy who is you know he he camps but he's not like he's not a gorpcore guy. You know how it is. Yeah, um, he saw me reposting some of your clothes on my story and he got your <laughs> five a day shirt. Oh really? Yeah, he's really into it. He actually, I think, I believe he got it on the restock too that you did because he like missed out on the first drop. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he finally. Oh shit! It up, so. oh, that's great to hear. I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm throwing your name out there to the uh, non gorp core people. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean that's what it's for. Um, but very cool, very cool. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite piece that you've made? This is actually two part. I was the first question first. What's your favorite piece that you've made from Elliot King? Okay. Um, Any collection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna say the brown garment that I told you that I've just done. Um, okay. That was kind of the first like sort of like hands-on piece that I've done where I've actually physically mm -hmm. kind of like done part, like produced some of it myself. Um, mm -hmm. So that was yeah, that was really fun to do, and they came out really well. Um, so I'd probably have to say that, but then a close runner-up would be the new cap. Because I think, yeah, I, I just, I haven't taken, uh, I've had these caps for about a week now and I haven't taken it off. Um, <laughs> apart from when I shower. <laughs> yeah. After the you shower, it goes to. straight back on. It just, it just beads right off. <laughs> yeah, it just beads off. It just beads off in the shower. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, what technology do you use for the uh, waterproofing, if you don't mind? giving trade secrets or if you do mind i'll cut the question um we'll keep we'll keep that one we'll keep that one on the down low okay all right all right sounds good you're in the works for the gorg text contract i assume so uh <laughs> <we'll keep laughs> <under wraps laughs> um so we got that and then where do you see the brand going besides ski equipment obviously yeah so well to be fair i'm not sure i specifically wanted myself good on the <laughs> but i'll let, I'll let okay, okay. people do that but um yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. um so yeah really really the t it's been t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that so far uh this is my first kind of heart so i want to go more into accessories 
Okay. Um, and then possibly for like autumn, winter kind of time, if it's possible, I'd like to get a fleece out. I'd like to get um, mm. my first kind of like outerwear piece out. I think that would be, if I can get that done, I'd be really, really happy with that. Um, so yeah, I think it's like, it's all good doing t-shirts and stuff, but if mm. I, you know, if I'm going to be an outdoors brand, I need some outdoors gear. So obviously the caps are like, the caps are my, my first like step towards that. Yeah. Um, and hopefully I can get some like um, some fleeces or some jackets on the way or maybe even some pants. Um, obviously, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've looked, I've partially looked into it, but there's no, nothing confirmed yet. So don't, don't be <laughs> expecting a fleece just right now. <laughs> right. no. uh, a question for me, how do you go about finding like uh, blanks or fabrics or anything like that for all of these clothes that you make? Yeah, yeah, okay. I think it's just a, it's just trial and error, really. Like, uh, I think I got pretty, pretty lucky with what I found from the get go. Really, uh, I found some, I found some good stuff from like from the get go, and then I kind of just realized they did better quality ones, so I just like up the quality each time. And then, um, yeah, I think it's just a lot of searching about, a lot of research and stuff. Um, more just looking online as opposed to like buying them and like. Uh, feeling them and stuff like that just more more just like researching looking at reviews and stuff like that really but like okay. what's key for me especially with t-shirts is making sure that it's not like a I don't I don't want them to be like regular not slim fit but I don't want them to be regular mm. fit I like it when they're nice and like loose and boxy and I feel like yeah a lot of yeah. people who are like into outdoor stuff they like they like everything oversized and baggy anyway so exactly that's like one key thing for me like I have to make sure that everything's like super loose and um it's got like a good oversized fit to it yeah I don't know if this is a question. Kim mm-hmm. Patel 17 says 0161 Ted on the map. <laughs> do you know what do you know what the reference is there? I do not. I don't know. Okay, so, o- know so, question. <laughs> so 0161 is uh Manchester. That's like the uh, number okay. if you were ringing Manchester, it would start with 0161. Okay. Um so that's just like in Manchester, <laughs> that's just like an ongoing joke, like the 0161 thing. But yeah, shout out to Kian. We've okay, got see. um yeah 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 shout out to Kian. You know all terrain, don't you? Oh yeah, of course. He's been on yeah, yeah, yeah. the podcast before. Yeah. Yeah. Me and um Kian maybe working on something, but can't say too much at the moment. In the works. Hint hint. Trees and yeah, yeah, exclusive, yeah. breaking news. Trees and yeah. First <laughs> first time you heard it, right here. There you go. Um Fleece Appreciation Society wants to know who would be your dream stockist, if that's something you would even want. Ooh. Yeah, that's a very that's a very good one. Um, I think there's two there's two kind of ways I take this. Either super super outdoors and go with somewhere like outside a store, or mm. have you heard of Goodhood before? No. Goodhood is um a well, it's a London store based in Shoreditch, and um okay. they've just yeah they've got some great brands like. A lot of Japanese stuff, but they they focus quite heavily on their sort of like outdoor stuff as well. I think yeah, my dream kind of stockist would be Goodhood. But um, yeah, I think right now I'm quite happy just selling on my website. But in the future, that's definitely something I'd like to look into. Um, I just before I want to go to any stockist, I really want to make sure that I've got my kind of stuff to the best standard I can get it at before yeah. I start you know approaching stockists and stuff. But yeah, I think. For more of like the outside uh, outdoors kind of market, outside of store would be would be a really good one. But on more of like a kind of like fashiony um store, like Goodhood would be like the absolute dream. Yeah. Awesome. 
Uh, and that kind of tied into this question and then I forgot to ask it. So where do you see the brand going? This is awesome from Elliot King. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like I kind of previously mentioned, uh, mm -hmm. obviously just it's just t-shirts and hoodies at the moment, but yeah. I'd like to take it more into like more actual functional garments, which mm -hmm. hopefully will come with time as the as the audience gets bigger and like uh, fat, you know, finances get bigger, uh, and so and so like I'd like to invest more into like actual functional garments and stuff. That would be that'd be something I'd really like to work towards in the future. And I think like the end goal would really be like if I was able to like open a store in Manchester, like um, but I wouldn't just want like it to just be Mellow Clo. Like I'd want like Mellow Clo, and then I'd want like a little cafe in there, and then like someone like selling vinyl records and stuff like some sort of like community space that people could go and just okay. chill out really. Um, Cause I think that's like a big thing with the brand is I don't want it to just be like a clothing brand. I want it to be almost like an outdoors community where people like, mm -hmm. you know, feel comfortable. Like there's plate, like there's like monthly things where you can meet up and there's like events on and stuff. Like that would be like the goal really. If I could have like a space in Manchester where like I could have like a cafe where I sell my stuff and like you can buy like some records there and like maybe stock a few other brands or like, yeah uh friends who are like selling prints or something like you can buy mm -hmm. that there just like a nice like communal space for people to like hang out and buy something on the weekend yeah that'd be sick because i was gonna say this is my your one-time free consulting from me um before <laughs> you have to pay for it uh yeah this whole scene is like a huge community um mm -hmm. and i think yeah just like a storefront where you can you know you, you can you can encourage a community because i was going to ask when you were talking about like where the brand's going i was going to say like are you going to do any like brand sponsored hikes or brand sponsored events of some sort? That would be like a really cool way to, you know, yeah, them, get, get the word out may, there. Kind of there may ethos. possibly be something coming okay, in the near cool, future. Cool, cool. Stay on the lookout. But I, yeah, we, I can't, I can't, I don't want to mention too much because we're just, mm -hmm. we're in the, we're in the plans of it last week. Like we met up last week and stuff, but yeah, yeah, me, me and Kian have got something really, really exciting for people who live in Manchester coming up in like, I'm going to say like a month, a month or so. Um, yeah, we've got we've got something coming out that we're we're really um working hard on at the moment so yeah there you go mail clothes for the people so remember that <laughs> in about a month or so that happens um here we go oh oh this is weird so literally every single person that uh that follows me asked when are you gonna do a collab with trees and nylon that's strange i didn't even see that there <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah that's that's one between me and you we'll have to uh, <laughs> no. we'll have to work out in the dm <laughs> All right, sweet, sweet, sweet. We can talk off mic. Um, <laughs> Foot down wants to know. It was it was too long to um, put in the box, so he had to DM me, and he asks, "How do you find handling the business aspect of Mellow as well as creating content around it? Oh man, as well as still getting outdoors and maintaining your personal life." So basically, he's asking, "How's your work life balance running the brand?" Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty busy at the moment. I can't lie. I'm in my final year of uni as well. So congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you, Chase. Uh so yeah, I'm just I'm handling uni, I'm handling Mellow Clow, I'm handling my social life, and I'm handling my, mm -hmm. my part-time work as well. Wow. Uh, which is yeah, it's it's <laughs> a lot. Quite I've, a lot. I've, yeah, I've always been a guy I, I hate just sitting about and like doing nothing. Like, I always have to mm -hmm. be doing something, like whether I can't I can't just sit like I could never just sit in the house for a day, like like even in lockdown, like I had to get, I was getting out every single day, whether it was a bike ride, going on a walk, like uh, I just just had to be doing something. Pro I think I started painting at one point. I was really weird, but yeah, 
I just <laughs> I just had to I just had to like be I always have to be doing something. I just it's something I've always had for some reason. I just like being re- really proactive. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I ne- it's never really like a struggle for me. I never think, oh, like I've got I've got like mellow close stuff to do. Like mm. when I get home, or like I've got uni and I haven't got time for. I, I'm quite. I think I'm. I'm all right with time management. Like kind of like just work it all around each other and find time for everything really okay yeah i mean hey you gotta stay busy it's the entrepreneurial spirit right there exactly yeah yeah um also he did mention that you seem to run it pretty much alone is it just you and whoever yeah it's literally it's literally just me that does everything so it is it is a challenge like when i when i think about it sometimes it's pretty crazy that like you know does that like i'll think about a whole kind of like editorial by myself and then shoot it myself and then edit it myself and then post everything on Instagram and then send out orders and like package every like yeah wow. it's it's quite it's quite a lot but I think you just when you're in the moment you don't really think about it you kind of just do it and uh yeah, yeah so it is it's just it's just uh just Ted Lloyd that runs the brand yeah wow that is that's honestly very impressive because yeah I mean you, seeing the success that the brand has on Instagram and the following that it has I could I mean I don't, obviously don't know your order numbers but I could assume yeah, yeah just yeah the work around launching the brand alone and launching each like product and shipping and all that. I know that's a lot of work. So mm-hmm. big ups, man. Big ups. Yeah. I think, yeah. You, yeah. It's like the reward, you see the reward start to finally pay off. And I think that what gives you the, the boost to keep going. Like um, mm-hmm. the past, like the past six, but I did a, um, a pop-up at urban outfitters in the summer. I remember that. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a urban outfitters in Manchester and I did a, I did a pop-up there. And I think just from there, like everything's just been going so well, like mm-hmm. in, like engagement wise, like orders wise, like just stuff's like finally like paying off. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I that think that's the great. reason I'm still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it started. So yeah, thank you to everyone who's you know showing support, buying stuff. Because yeah, that's the only reason I'm still going really. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind me asking, what are you studying in university right now? Yeah, so I do um, fashion buying and merchandising at uni. Mm-hmm. Um, so the goal the goal was to do buy-in after uni but obviously like I think yeah I think I'm I'm still gonna get some sort of work after I finish uni but I, I'm obviously gonna carry on Mellow Clo and just yeah. see how it goes if it gets to the stage where I can do Mellow Clo full-time then like that would be amazing but I think for now I have to think realistically and I'm gonna need some sort mm-hmm. some other source of income to, to be able to survive as well as do Mellow Clo so yeah 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 I mean hey I'm in the same boat I graduated in December uh with a marketing mm-hmm. degree and it is it's brutal graduating off cycle because no one's hiring um yeah yeah so that's been rough but it's been like you know what maybe i'll just become an influencer full-time and maybe i don't even need a job <laughs> so you know yeah. i just the podcast just has to take off and then i'll be fine <laughs> i'll just open up a patreon and i'll be all good <laughs> yeah that's the best thing to do you know but you just gotta have the like uh stupid determination to do it so you just got to go for it, you know? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to believe in yourself, haven't you? If you don't believe in yourself, then, you know, you're just going to be stuck down to, like, stuck down for the rest of your life. Yeah, you'll never you'll never have the, uh, what's the word? Mm, not opportunity. The guts, I guess. you never have the guts to try yeah. if you don't believe in yourself. Yeah, you've got to take, I think, obviously there's an extent to risk and reward and stuff, but I think sometimes yeah. you've got to take risk for, for reward to pay off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, this is another question from me. Uh, you mentioned earlier, like it's all you, it's all, you know, running the brand. Do you mm-hmm. go to any outsourced designers or is it all done by you? How's that process? Yeah. Like? So yeah, at the, at the moment I'm, uh, I've 
every, everything I've done so far, I've designed every graphic for it. And I think it's just been like, a, again, a work in progress, just learning how to use softwares like Illustrator and stuff. I used, I used Photoshop like back in like school when I was literally like 15. I've been using Photoshop since mm -hmm. I was like 15. So I had quite a good understanding of that. But it was only when I actually, I had COVID um, in August and my friend oh, had been so telling right. me who's a graphic yeah <laughs> snap but yeah my friend who's a who's a graphic designer been telling me for ages like oh you need to you need to make the move from like illustrate to photoshop like it's just mm -hmm. it's just better it's easier for for yourself like so i had covid and i, I had no symptoms at all like i was just chilling i was fine wow. so i was like right well i'm gonna use these like 10 days while i'm stuck in like to learn how to use illustrator so mm -hmm. i basically just like watched like a load of uh, tutorials and like taught myself how to how to use Illustrator from then from since then I've been using Illustrator and stuff but yeah um I'm kind of glad that happened um because I could still be on Photoshop if I never had COVID so yeah everything <laughs> happens for a reason yeah silver yeah, lining but, silver um, lining and you didn't have symptoms either so it's just a free break you know yeah exactly exactly um you just regarding like design inspiration though I kind of like um I tried to look at a lot of like older kind of archive stuff as opposed to looking at newer stuff mm -hmm. um I, I like looking at like sure yeah 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 i like looking at like archive magazines um like archive posters um even just like older kind of like old like ll bean stuff like that and mm -hmm. just i feel like taking stuff like that obviously and not i'm not taking like the exact graphic and just changing it to mellow glow but like taking bits from like old archive designs and like making it your own i feel like it's so much more authentic than just like having a look at like what's new on uh, like essence and like yeah you know exactly take, taking that or like checking what's like new on end clothing and just like changing it to mellow clothes instead of it saying stussy or carhartt you know mm. um I like, i'm just i'm just trying to keep it as authentic as i can and like genuine by like genuinely looking into like old go out magazines and like um lightning magazines and stuff like that and just using like all the archive bits i can find really like it's a lot of work to it's a lot of work to like go through them all like i'm on like like massive like like reddit pages and stuff like deep into like different pages to try and find all this stuff but you know the reward pays off when i finally make a graphic that's come from come from that stuff yeah um going back to uh you talking about like not just ripping things and immediately putting them on a shirt the yeah. brand sporty and rich are you aware of what yeah. that is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah they came under a lot of fire from the people i believe not actually just not like the brands themselves but just like consumers talking about how they straight up rip mm -hmm. logos and rip everything and try to you know sell a t-shirt for 80 bucks when it's really just like the land rover logo yeah i think it's yeah. a little scummy and obviously i'm not accusing you of that because you don't but uh Mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely people that do that in the in the scene and they get away with yeah it, i think so. stuff like that like you know like bootleg and stuff it can be done in poor taste as shit yeah. through brands like that but it i think there's some well people too, who actually like know? yeah yeah like you know like um well used to be chinatown market but now called market uh-huh um like they're they're renowned for stuff like that and that's what kind of they built their brand brand around and there's other brands yeah. as well like um which i think can do it brands can some brands can do it really well and then some brands can do it in poor taste but yeah I was going to say on that, um, there is the Archaeop Texas, whatever his name is now, if you follow him, mm -hmm. where he just, it, his whole thing is just bootlegging. And I don't even know if he sells the stuff. I think he just makes like, D, he'll, you can like DM him to try and buy something, but he's got like the land lover stuff. Like he does the, 
Archaeopteryx with like the uh, the bull rider logo. Yeah, I've seen that. I actually I actually quite like that. I think that's pretty. It's cool super cool. Me. I really like it. Yeah. And on the on the topic of market, formerly Chinatown Market. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's gotten to a place where they're so big that they just need to do their own thing. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like the Supreme when they like ripped the Gucci logo and they got sued for it. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And then they collab with they collab with Gucci, which is that's a whole different story. But like when you're a smaller brand, you can kind of it's cooler to do bootleg stuff and get away with it. And honestly, yeah, look at when I look at market now, I'm just like, dude, just like make your own clothes. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. such a like you've got enough money point. to employ some like a new creative director or like yeah. new designers. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't need to rip. You that's don't great. need to rip that. And I think what really what really uh, made me think about that was there's a guy who does the Arctic jackets that he like airbrushes the like lightning on and stuff I don't know if you know oh yeah I've seen them yeah his name's like breaking dad 420 on Instagram and he does like airbrushing like super cool stuff like lightning and all that Mm -hmm. um and market made like a rain jacket that has like his exact same kind of pattern uh, okay and yeah. he he was like tweeting out or he was he was posting about them like of course like this brand would steal my stuff like you're just scummy yeah. that and that is also just like it is scummy because it's one thing to copy like another giant corporation's design and it's like a small creator who's doing his own thing and like has this very specific style to copy that it's just like so blatantly a ripoff you know mm-hmm. i don't know it's just it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me something like that yeah no um, i understand that for sure. But anyway, Melo doesn't do that. So we don't have to talk about it. For that no, no, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> we're all good. We're all good. Um, are there any besides, I mean, if you want to talk about it, you can obviously say no and I can cut this part out, but is yeah. there any other big things coming up for the brand um, before we move on to shout outs that you would like to talk um, about? I think really it's like my goal now is just bring out, like, I'm going to keep it pretty traditional. I'm just going to do like, um a spring summer autumn winter and just keep just keep rotating through it really i think obviously there'll be like the odd like collaboration or like like sort of like a small piece might come out but i'm gonna keep it pretty traditional i think and just get keep like four collections a year so yeah expect a spring collection um around like march april time probably yeah yeah, yeah. sweet and now the infamous trees and island podcast shout outs if you could shout mm-hmm. out like two or three pages that you're really into now or that you just started following okay. anything like that okay, or just your right. friends first, if you want to do that <laughs> yeah yeah right okay so let me have a little thing first i'm going to shout out ultra 95 the boys of course um yeah i think they their content's great and because there's quite a few of them on the page as well the content's mm-hmm. like super yeah. varied and it always seems like they're traveling constantly but i think because there's like a few of them on the page it they can do that because it's like diff- obviously different people are like sharing yeah. different stuff each week so i think yeah i think their content's super good i know they're doing really well at the moment so shout out to them um i'm also going to shout out go outside more mm-hmm. because i think his like photography is insane like <laughs> like super super underrated he deserves so many more followers than he's got so yeah shout out to go outside more absolutely and i'm also going to give a shout out to foot down because again, super good content. Um, I think a few of the people, yeah, pretty much all the people I've shouted out out then are kind of like all in the same kind of like outdoor community. I think we're all pretty mm-hmm. pretty northwest based. I think, but okay. yeah, all super good content. Just like 
I think that there's potential for like a super super good community uh, between like the people I just mentioned and myself and stuff. So yeah, hopefully we can get like some content together at some time. I've spoke to a few of them before, and um, yeah, fingers crossed there should be some stuff coming out. Exciting stuff for me. I'm going to shout out Extra Grip three hundred, just your classic. Uh, what's the word landscape photos such mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that always a fan kid damn min um or kim sorry kim damn min um owns a couple of accounts but that's like his main account that he posts on and i really like it's kind of i feel like they turn the uh, exposure down and the the blacks up you know black black point mm -hmm. up um yeah, yeah yeah and all the photos just a good aesthetic Lots of cool photos on there. And then Dakota Research also. That's an account that I've been following for a while. Just another kind of mood board, landscape, photos of cars and shoes and stuff like that that I think doesn't have enough love. So mm -hmm. shout out to them as well. And... I've actually got one more shout out if that's okay. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to quickly slide it in. They've already <laughs> got a lot of followers, but I just think their content's super good and it's really... It's just really interesting is uh, Outdoor Recreation Archive. If you're yeah, they were just on the podcast. Them. Oh, were they? Yeah. I need to have a look at that. But yeah, shout out to them because their, their content's great. And I use a lot, I get a lot of inspiration from them if I'm being super transparent. So, oh, yeah, nice. Shout out, to, shout out to those guys. You got to come out to Utah and see the archives in person. Chase would love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. It's open to the public. But anyway, Ted of Melclo. Of course. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the podcast today. No worries, man. No worries. And uh, look out for all the big things coming up on the close end and lots of stuff happening, apparently. So <laughs> lots of stuff in the works, I should say. That's a nicer way to say yeah, that instead of yeah, saying well. apparently Thank at you. the end. <laughs> of course. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. I'll see you.